in association with the Agri Health Network, it's time for That Farm Life podcast, Planting Hope, Harvesting Strength. On That Farm Life, we talk about that life that is that of a farmer and their family. It's about the day-to-day grind, the good times, the tough times, and everything in between, because farming is more than a job, it's a way of life. And we're here to offer opportunities to help you deal with the stress and strains of farm life through faith, family, and community with other farmers. Now, here's your host, a farmer, a former agri-business owner, and also the pastor of a Southern Baptist church in Arkansas, Archie Mason. Well, hey folks, my name is Archie Mason. I'm your host and thank you for joining us for another episode of That Farm Life. This podcast is a resource of the AgriHealth Network. We're always trying to provide some practical advice how to deal with the stress and strains of everyday rural life, farm life, whether you're row crops or a cattle producer. In our previous episode, if you didn't listen to it, please go back, check it out. You can go to agrihealth.net and find it or any place you get your podcast. But in our previous episode, we had Miss Jennifer Cook. Her and her husband are the owners of the 5C Cattle. Uh, she has raised three boys and she spoke in our last episode a lot about FFA, uh, you know, how she's involved in that, the foundation that she runs, how other People can get involved, so uh, go back and listen to that and check that out. But today, specifically, we're going to be talking about they uh, showed cattle, Hereford cattle, when her uh, boys were younger and in school and the benefits of that. So we've got a great uh, broadcast today, so here we go. Jennifer, we are so glad that you're with us today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. Okay, so now what I'd like to do, if we can, let's switch gears. Let's mm-hmm. talk about your cattle operation, okay, 5C Cattle. And yes. then you, when you're raising your boys, you and your husband, you know, you you made the comment before that uh, you guys would be like, you know, carrying them everywhere. You were, you were in the showing cattle. So for all the folks out now, I've got four grandkids, never been involved in showing cattle before. But that for Angie and I, my wife and I, that's our desire for our grandboys. They're small now. So maybe some folks out there like me don't know a whole lot about showing cattle. So tell us what breed that you guys, you know, settled on. I right. did that. How did that lead? Because now your boys are up in, in college and that stuff. Right. And, you know, right. uh, so just kind of work us through that process, showing cattle, raising cattle, you know. Well, you know, it all started um, with 4-H, actually. Um, you, you know, you the when they're seven years old, they have the opportunity to have a livestock project. And I, I told Brian before I married him, I was like, look, we're going to live in the country and we're going to have cows one day. So, so you told him that. Now you said, hey, I was look, like, if that's be- a problem, if that's a problem, you need to, you know. You said, hey, we're two-stepping, but here's the deal. Yeah, we're going to live in the country. To, you need to reconsider. But, yeah. um, you know, he has embraced it and he's he can do anything really with the our cattle operation. And, and that's really been fun, too, to grow with him in this relationship and our operation, too. But, you know, it started out with, a couple of uh, actually red pole heifers. And that was kind of a breed that wasn't doing anything in Arkansas. And so the next year we purchased a couple of Herefords and just kind of some standard, uh, you know, good for the back pasture Herefords. And we came in, we went to the state fair. We com- came in uh, eighth and ninth in a class of nine heifers. And <laughs> And That's that, not funny, I know, but I'm, no, but it worked out so beautifully because my I look at Brian and I'm like, "Are you listening?" And he says, "Well, I can tell you one thing: I don't have to win. 
but I'm sure not going to come in last. Yeah. yeah. And so then we kind of stepped it up and we began studying uh, genetics and looking at that type of thing. And, you know, I would say that raising our kids, showing cattle has been the best decision that we've ever made because it's something that we've done as a family. We've traveled together. We've traveled with other families and developed lifelong friendships. Um, The real win might not happen in the arena. The real win happens when that the kid that told you they filled up water troughs but didn't um you know they they have consequences for that and and so there's very important life lessons that you that you can instill in your kids every single day i don't care if it's snowing i don't care if it's 102 you know there are still things that have to happen and I think we've we have a generation of people that thinks they think that life has to be perfect in order to function. And that's not true. You do the next thing that, you know, has to be done. And then you're just a little bit further on down the road of the whole total picture. And that's kind of how we've tried to train our kids. These are things that are non-negotiables that have to happen every day. And then there are other things that we need to try to incorporate into our life, into our plan as we go along. And so it's helped with planning and um, teaching our kids to be flexible, but to also be intentional with with what they're doing. And when they've won, they have realized that it has come as a result of really hard work and planning and and that nothing is free. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's free. You have to work if you want to succeed. And so did they? They start out the age of seven or eight or nine. Um, I guess or... they're seven or eight, maybe nine. I can't even remember now. It's been so. I think seven. Did, maybe. Hey, this is a dumb question, but when you got three boys like that, I mean, they don't pass one on. I mean, everybody they end up start out with a heifer. Is that kind of how that works? That's I mean, kind of how we did. And then you know, then. You know, then there's the competitive thing. He always gets the good one. And I always get the one that's you know. And it's so funny because uh, my oldest, he, you know, is going to be a doctor. This is not his gig. And we realized yeah. that at an early time. But he would still come with us to the shows. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah. And, and was always involved. But I remember our first junior nationals that we went to. Uh, he was the one belly aching the most. I don't ever, I don't ever get the good one. Every you just Adam's younger, and y'all, y'all are giving him the best heifer and all that. And then <laughs> his, his is the one that ends up getting like third in her class at junior nationals. Yeah. We're like, you know, it's like we don't know whether to hug you now or you know, punch yeah. you in the mouth, son. But, <laughs> you know, but it's it's so it's it's good, and they they get to where they can. Um, celebrate with each other and help each other out and work out a system where if you feed for me today, I'll feed for you tomorrow. And so, so many life lessons. It is such a good way to raise kids. So, okay. For your boys, just in, when they were there in the household and you, you had the barn out back or whatever, and you got your cattle in there. I mean, is it a kind of morning chores, evening chores? I mean, your morning and evenings to go to school, come in, got to deal yes. with them. Okay. It's morning and evening. And then, you know, as each little baby bird flew out of the nest, um, then there was one and just my son, Adam. So then we were like, well, he's going to need some friends. So the next thing we know, there's like three other boys that are now keeping cattle at our house. And that's been good. That's been a good experience, too, because um, the interaction, not just with them, but also with their families and just to do life with those kids. and. Yeah. Um, they come home from college now and come in the door and 
look in the pantry first to see what's there. <laughs> and then then they'll go give hugs, you know, even yeah. even Brian. So it's been good. Well, good. So if someone is out there and they're listening to podcasts and hey, I'm interested in that also, how can they get started maybe uh showing cattle? Maybe they got a, like I do, we got four grandsons, but they're under four right now. But right. uh or right. older. How how can they get started, Jennifer? Well when they're really young like that, I really think it's great to start out with a four H club because there will be other kids that are their age that they can kind of grow up together and you know four H members develop into really great FFA members too. And, um, you know, it's not the same organization, but we have similar objectives and goals. And um, that's the best way to get started at an early age, because you do have to be a 4-H member to be able to show in some of the county uh, fairs and things like that. Um, But, you know, connect with your 4-H agent in your in your local county and start there. If there are breeders in your area, you might just kind of start looking around and seeing what they might have available. Um, so what So what breed do you recommend? Oh, you know, I'm <laughs> going to say Herefords. You know, just generally speaking, they are, uh, the docility there is just really, really good. Oh, overall, now we've had a couple that, but um, generally speaking, they've, you know, I, we've had some that, my kids have used as playground equipment. They've, uh, <laughs> you know, climb on them and under them, and the the cow just stands there like, "Are you finished? <laughs> can I can I leave now?" But you're you're probably not going to do that with too many uh, Kianias or Brangus or, you know, certain other breeds that are a little more hot headed. So uh, okay, so here's a question. So we've got some friends that have been showing, but their kids now are, are, well, one is married and one is uh, University of Arkansas, about to graduate. And so my first uh, question to them, I said, well, hey, you know, what what happens to the animals after you're showing them? They're like, well, we eat them. And I said, well, how did that go Mm. with your kids? So let's talk a little bit about that. Well, you know, we've just, we've always told our kids that God created mankind to have dominion over the plants and animals. And we've, we've um, avoided some of that with a cow calf operation. Yeah. So, you know, our objective is if we purchased a heifer, we purchased a heifer that would work into our breeding program. That would be genetically, hopefully better than anything we currently have with the objective of using that animal to produce offspring that can go to somebody else's farm to produce offspring. Uh, Now, granted, it's a little bit like in the days of Moses, if you're a boy, you know, you're there. We didn't keep very many bulls. We know they would be steered and, 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 but they don't have names. Those don't have names, but, but there have been times when, um, you know, Adam, my, my youngest his his very first show heifer. Her name was Lucy. Um, she had, uh, couple of really good calves and then had to have a c-section mm. and prolapsed it yeah. was not and and so did we did the right thing lucy had been in a stock trailer a hundred times it was nothing for her to get loaded back up and we took her to the processing plant yeah and loaded her and the guys like she was a show heifer wasn't she i mean yeah, he, knew. he knew he knew we were like yes and it, you know i won't lie we we it was it was pretty emotional. It was. Yeah. But that was the humane thing to do for her to send her on down the road to a 
Selborne at that point with the kind of relationship and camaraderie that my boys had with her, that wouldn't have been very good. But, you know, we did what she was designed to do. Her does her job is to produce beef to feed a hungry world. And that may be that, you know, producing beef that produces other beef, or it could be producing beef that we're going to consume because we need protein. And uh, it's a, it's a great source for the nutritional needs that mankind has. That's how God. So, you know, everything that we do, we try to be humane about it. It is. And that's very humane because anyone who's a cattle producer that has dealt that as as my wife and I do with cow calf operation, we've all dealt with prolapse uterus and issues and all those things. And that, that usually is never good. And yeah. and two, for someone wondering, you may be listening and say, well, how can a uh, you know slaughterhouse do that? And they have to be able to walk out of the trailer. When you take them to oh, yeah. a processing plant, you know, they walk in, walk out. You can't take something right. that's not uh, pretty healthy at that point. So oh, for sure. And and the way they euthanize them, I mean, it is immediate. Yes. There's nothing. There's no there's no suffering. And and again, it was nothing for Lucy to get in that trailer. And, you know, and it felt it. it, it it felt bad because we loved her. I mean, it's a crazy thing to say that you love a cow, but I, it, it just is what it is. When you spend that much time um, washing them, working on, uh, you know, their hair and, <laughs> and nutritional yes. needs. Yeah. I mean, we have a scale in the barn. We measure feed so that, you know, that we're not overfeeding and we're making sure they get everything they need to really develop the right way. That For show cattle, the rest of them, you know. Hey, you made me, uh, you, which I'm a little ADD also, so I'm all over the board sometimes. But you mentioned something. The, so 4-H, what's the ages for a child to be involved in 4-H? You know, it's either seven or nine okay. for, a, for clover buds. Um, okay. It's been a long time. That's I, fine. That's fine. So but, anyone really, because any of your county extension agents or, or counties that have a county extension, you can call up to that office, ask about a 4-H program. They'll put that. Uh, and that's for anyone, anywhere. Okay. Uh, to be involved. So uh, great. Okay. Here's another question then. So for you and your husband, Brian, you raising these cattle, if someone says, Hey, uh, because again, part of our, you know, we're a network. And so we like to network uh, farm folks together. And someone may say, well, Hey, I'm kind of interested. I would like to maybe purchase or kind of know what they have. How can they, now, again, if you have an email, you have an email address, feel comfortable with it, uh, put it out there. Uh, could they contact you? I mean, do you have, I mean, you're raising, maybe it's for show or it's for, uh, breeding Breeding calves or whatever. Uh, so I'm assuming you're selling that product. So how can that, do you have a website or something to go to or Facebook? We have a a Facebook page under 5C Cattle. Yeah. Okay. So they can just look at 5C Cattle on Facebook and get in touch with you that way. That's right. Okay, good. That's it. That's the easy way. Yeah. Do you raise, y'all raise any? Uh, bulls for sale. I know you say you don't keep many of them. Most folks don't, but you have bulls for yes. sale. That yes, okay. we we do. Um, you know, we usually. Um, you, you, it's it's like it's funny because I've referenced uh, the Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer movie. You remember the cartoon? How all these reindeers are lining up, seeing if they make Santa's yeah. sled team or whatever. Same thing. We line them up and we're like, okay, <laughs> these two are good. Yeah, the others we're going to let them go. So okay, gotcha. we don't have that many that we, that we yeah. market that way, but the ones that we have, we think that they're really good. And we know that, um, we know their mama, we know yeah, grandmother, we know that, you know, so. Well, hey, so say if someone like Angie and I, if we said, Hey, 
we're kind of interested in that. We'd like to maybe purchase a show heifer, a mm-hmm. heifer to show. Do y'all have those? Uh, we do. We, do. Right, we we had a really good um, friend that from um, North Arkansas named Wes Hudson. And just uh, God is good. He lined us up with him and helped us. He just guided us into a purchase of one heifer. And she has been a deal changer for us. And we have produced a lot of really good winning show heifers off of her. And I'm just, I'm so thankful for his guidance because um, we, you know, he had so much more knowledge about all of this than we would, than we will ever have, even, you know, this many years into it. So just thankful for him. But yeah, we do, we have some, and, you know, we've got a little neighbor that shows heifers for us right now are good ones, but she graduates next year. So we're about to have an abundance. <laughs> Come and get them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay. Well, good. So again, that Facebook, uh, your Facebook page, five C cattle is a great place to get in touch with you. Okay. Another question then. So, you, you know, you, you're came to be a follower of Christ, uh, kind of early in life, 13 years old or 12, 13. Um, you know, you're, a, uh, you and your husband are part of a church, uh, now, uh, there in the area where you live, and how do you spell Wooster? How do you, it doesn't have an R in it? W O O S T E R. There you go. Okay. Uh, but how has your faith sustained you guys? You raise boys. You got a cattle operation there. You know, you talked about you were in education, and then you you say you managed for Tyson for hogs uh, or something. Cargill. Managed. Cargill. Better get that right. Okay. Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> Cargill. And and now. Raising boys, man, how's your faith sustained you, your husband, through all of this, the ups and downs of life and those things? Well, I mean, it's really, it's, it's everything. It's just, it's being involved. We are members at Second Baptist in Conway and, um, you know, just growing in our faith and encouraging our boys to grow in their faith has always been a priority. Um, There was never a time when they would wake up on Sunday morning and say, hey, are we going to church today? It's like, do what? I mean, they would never ask that uh, question. And it may even be if y'all were at a show or it was late or maybe you got in late or kind of right. stuff like that, you know. If yeah. we got in late on yeah. Saturday, we're like, well, I mean, you got up early yesterday morning, didn't you? <laughs> I mean, so if, 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 if you can't, if you don't think you can make it, we'll make sure you get a nap this afternoon. I mean, that was always kind of yeah. the take on it. Um, You know, and we haven't been so rigid that we haven't taken off to go to deer camp for a week oh, yeah. here yeah. or there. But, um, you know, we've just always tried to prioritize that. And you know that when you're when you're at this stage and you look back, you can really see a lot of things that you did wrong, but you can also see some things that you did right. And sometimes your children um, communicate that to you. And the the most recent thing I can think of, actually, um, when Bart Barber came to our house, maybe a month before um the state convention, uh, the national convention or whatever. Um, he, we prayed, you know, for his, his um, run and all. Yeah. And, and then before they left, he asked, how can I pray for y'all? And we all kind of went around the table and um, my youngest one said, and it, it, I mean, I thought Brian was going to like cry, but my youngest one said, I have realized that not everybody has been raised like me. Mm. And yeah. it is a it is a blessing to have been raised in a family 
that would teach me about Jesus and just pray that I will be a light to my friends on campus. Mm, yeah, you know? that's good. That's and, good. And, you know, again, he's not a perfect kid. Um, he makes mistakes like every one of them, but I know what is ingrained in his heart and that will sustain him too, just like it has sustained us. And yeah. you, you just, you got to prioritize your, your growth, your, um, knowledge of who he is and what he's done and how he can sustain you because um w- w- we need that <laughs> there's always a drought or something crazy coming along where you don't know which ends up but you you can always know that he's going to provide and somehow it's going to be okay yeah so. good word jennifer thank you so much for being with us today thank you for hey, having me you have been you can tell mr brian you have been a wealth of information today <laughs> <laughs> You know, I think I told you once before, my, my papa told me that my spiritual gift was the gift of gab. <laughs> I'm fairly sure that one's not in the book, but, yeah. you know, I just want to be used. And yeah. Well, hey, I can guarantee you this. Uh, you have today, just as you did in the previous episode, you shared so much great uh, information. So I appreciate you and your husband uh, so much. Hey, remember, too, if you're interested in uh, maybe cattle production or what I mean by that is learning more about maybe five seed cattle go to their facebook page five seed cattle uh, check it out you can reach out to brian and jennifer there you may be interested in purchasing some uh, uh, show cattle show heifers maybe or something like that or maybe just want to learn uh, some more information hey they both are a wealth of information so i know they will be glad uh, to talk to you about that also too this was brought up uh, you know 4-h uh, anybody can be involved in that so wherever you are listening to this whatever state uh, find your county uh, extension service and uh, just call up there. Get the number, call up, go to the website and say, hey, I want to talk to the 4-H coordinator, director or whatever, and uh, they'll get you doing it. Yeah, the way I understand it, especially here in Arkansas, you have to be a member of 4-H to be uh, in that showing of cattle. And there's also other animals that can be shown, so you may be interested in that. Also, too, what we heard from Jennifer today is, man, her face. She came to faith in Christ as a, a young woman. You know, she was uh, she shared her story with us of how she grew up and how she met uh, her husband on the previous podcast, you know, uh, doing some two stepping and uh, man, how the Lord has blessed them. And really, uh, they're members of a Bible believing Bible teaching church right here in Arkansas and how her faith uh, in the Lord Jesus has sustained her and kept her. Hey, look, there's ups and downs in life. You parent kids, you're a grandparent. You raise cattle, maybe row crops, whatever. There, there's always a crisis that's going on somewhere. And so, hey, her eyes fixed upon the Lord, uh, bringing her through that. And that's a word for all of us today. I don't know where what may be going on in your life, what's taking place, but hey, there is the Lord Jesus Christ who died on that cross at Calvary, who loves us, who shed His blood for us, offers forgiveness uh, for us as sinners, and offers peace in the midst of the storm. Hey, reach out to us right here. Uh, you can get me at Archie at agrihealth.net. That's my email, info at agrihealth.net or website, agrihealth.net. Uh, there's a lot of resources that are there. Hey, enjoyed being with you on the podcast today. Look forward to what we're going to have coming in the next week. As always, until then, keep farming and keep the faith. You've been listening to That Farm Life Podcast, planting hope, harvesting strength with your host, Archie Mason. That Farm Life Podcast is a creation of the Agri-Health Network in conjunction with Grounded Faith Ministries, where we offer opportunities to help you deal with the stress and strains of farm life through faith, 
family, and community with other farmers. You can learn more about who we are and what we do on our website at agrihealth.net. That's agrihealth, one word, dot net. Thanks for listening, and until next week, keep the faith.